Also, you'll find a pair of safety glasses and some earplugs underneath your seats. Please feel free to use them. Thank you very much. Hey, mister! I don't mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. And it's Sunday, August 24th, 2014, and this is Eric and Ted's Ice Cream Social. Kind of an abrupt end to the music there, Teddy. It was a little bit. <laughs> I'm Eric. And I'm Ted. <laughs> and this week, we went with the bold move of dropping a little Aldo Nova on the fine, fine people that join us here at The Social. Ted, if you would. Life is just a fantasy. <laughs> we did make a bold move on this one. Now, do you know this guy, Aldo Nova? He was actually discovered by Bon Jovi. Boring. <laughs> like, really? Okay, all right, really okay. boring. So, all right, do you want something really boring? I have a multiple choice question for you today, Eric. Right, I'm still kind of bored, but go ahead. Okay, no problem. All right. What is the most boring thing in the world? Is it A, other people's kids? Oh, that's got to be up there. It's up there. Uh, B, other people's golf game. Oh, God. Right. Or is it C, other people's fantasy football teams? Oh. Well, it's like other people's kids' <laughs> fantasy football teams is like that big, boring I, vortex. Wow, I didn't even have a category <laughs> for that. But yeah, I'm actually, I was going to, you know, in your defense, I was going to put D, all of the above. But in this case, you C, are yeah. correct. It is C. Your fantasy football team is, in fact, the most boring thing on the planet. But, but seriously, how many times have you been stuck mm-hmm. listening to some guy recount the day that they were down by 36 going into a Monday night football game? <laughs> they had no chance. Oh, he's not got even a, not even a, a punch's chance. <laughs> Save for their handcuffed back they drafted oh. in the 15th round. What fourth on the draft? Yeah. Back in August. Oh, brilliant. When he was playing in the rain at the Meadowlands. Ah, yes. And how this one player. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Yes, this one and guy. I'm all out of bubblegum. This one man. <laughs> thanks, Roddy Piper. Yeah, thanks, Roddy Piper. And this one man who had two touchdowns. One was a bonus over 50, and he valiantly won his playoff game. Oh, my God, let me go home. Well, guess what, Ted? I got something in store for you. What's that, buddy? We're going to be talking about fantasy football, baby. Life is just a fantasy. Can you fantasy life? Oh, I love it. So, uh, actually, here's the thing. The truth is, Eric and I absolutely love fantasy football. And as for myself, I haven't got the slightest idea why I like it so much anymore. Well, this is something that Bear's talking about a little bit. In the last couple episodes of this year's social... We've been hypercritical of the NFL. This here, this here, social. We've been hypercritical yeah. of the NFL. Yep. From everything for the way they handled the Ray Rice suspension Terrible. to the charging musical acts for the Super Bowl. Payola. And Payola. <laughs> and they deserve our criticism. But, but guess what? What? We can't wait for the season to start. No, no, right. we can't. So tell me the truth here. During the regular season, hmm. who is your real, like, honest to God, favorite, favorite team? That's tough, man, because I really don't have a favorite team during the season. I kind of watch everything. No. You no, you're wrong. You do have a favorite team. Mm-hmm. Tell me, why do you watch those crappy Thursday night games? Which ones? You know, the Jacksonville versus Tampa <laughs> versus Arizona, <laughs> yeah. Minnesota. Like, why? Why do you watch those games? You know what? Uh, yeah, I think I know what you're getting at here. So, yes, I will watch most of a three-hour game just because I have a kicker on my fantasy team going <laughs> that night. So, I guess the answer to your question is my fantasy team. Is my favorite team. I think that goes for a lot yeah, of Yeah, yeah. My favorite team is my fantasy team. And in your defense, though, for the life of me, I, re- I really don't have, I, I don't know why. You I, this is definitely <laughs> a phenomenon we need to discuss. So, so in fact, as Eric and I have sat here for the last couple of weeks, we hate the NFL. Yeah, we've been hating on them pretty hard. We're hating on the NFL, um, but we can't wait for the games to start. We have absolutely no idea what, why anybody would play fantasy football. It's just like dun- Dungeons and Dragons for adults. Um, for but adults. The, for adults. But the amount of care that we take on their draft lists and the time that we spend on this thing 
is so ridiculous. So every one of us, not just Eric and I, all of you people with your own fantasy football teams, get in the boat because you're all hypocrites. And we're all hypocrites. But uh, but as the uh, real sports world turns, yeah. we once again turn our eyes to Cleveland mm-hmm. and the acquisition of Kevin Love by the Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to explain the three-team deal all while Ted just sits there and mumbles about, about how much the NBA, NBA sucks, sucks and how to do to do and Tim Doherty shine the light and NBA's, NBA's real problem. problem and yeah, blah, blah, blah. Never got fixed. Yep, it's sure. a crooked friggin' game yeah, sure and you know it is. Yep, yep, sure you it know is. it is. Yeah. Now, now let's... <laughs> <laughs> you sure you're right. Uh, but just uh, make sure you hit us up on Twitter at Eric and Ted ICS. Visit our website, ericandted.com. Hit us up on Facebook, Eric and Ted's Ice Cream Social. Don't forget, you can find all our podcasts on iTunes. Just search Eric and Ted's Ice Cream Social on iTunes. It's free. Check it out. And so enough of our yapping. Let's get a little bit more music. No way! Oh, Aldo. You are the man. Thanks, Bon Jovi. <laughs> yeah, Bon Jovi, the gift that keeps on giving. So, uh, at any rate, let's get uh, let's get right started here today. And my my big question: Can you wait for our fantasy draft that we have for Eric and Ted's uh, fantasy yeah, the, football extravaganza? <laughs> yeah. This week? ice cream social league uh, kicks off uh, this Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, eight p.m. draft. Yeah, with uh, some of our good buddies and uh, and some people that we don't know. Yeah, and now see that's kind of what you you bring up a great point here. I happen to be in three leagues this year. Um, well, aren't you special? I'm, well, I'm, I'm embarrassed. It's not special. It's embarrassing. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. I find it to be a little bit more absurd than I used to when I was younger. But um, obviously, I had my money league draft last night. And why are we in fantasy football leagues? What does it do for you, Eric? Talk to me about your goal when you engage in a fantasy league. <sighs> well, the goal is to win. Coming from a multiple Super Bowl champion like myself, mm-hmm. um, I believe you've won your your fair share as mm-hmm. well. I have. Um, it's the uh, the you know the the thrill of winning and the agony of defeat, and ripping apart your friends limb by limb, and talking as much smack talk as you possibly can along what, the way. What about leagues you mentioned? Like, what about leagues that we have absolutely no idea? See, who that's some of these that's where <laughs> that's where it's a little a little different. Um, because we're all in, you know, a lot of us are in multiple leagues. Mm-hmm. And so we all kind of have that one league that we really don't know anybody in. Or we know some people, but there's not much talking going on. Mm-hmm. So you ask yourself, well, why am I even in this league if it's not for the camaraderie and the, the back and forth aspect that does make fantasy football so fun? And I got to think it's, I don't know if it's in, if it's just inbred in us now for so long. We've been doing fantasy so long that we just kind of tune it out. It's automatic. But I'd like to think... Because we love football, the sport, so much. Mm-hmm. This makes all the awful mundane games watchable. It makes them exciting. You know, and I think that there's also kind of, if forgive, the, forgive the use of this word, but there's kind of an anthropological reason, too, in that. Anthropological? Yeah, we are, um, by nature, gamblers. All of us are. And uh, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, how many times you I'll bet you $10 that you can't. That, that, that's part of our... Lexicon. It's part of the way we talk. We actually bet on the stupidest things imaginable. Art Schleister. Yeah, Art, <laughs> Art Schleister comes to mind. Uh, There's a reason why we bring yes, him up, too, yeah. and you'll, you'll, you'll dial into that in just a little bit. But um, I think that we're gamblers. And I think that when you have a fantasy football team you've gambled on, you know, how many people have said to you, oh, I took a big gamble in the third round and grabbed yeah. Player X. It's, it's part of what yes, we talk because about. Because your life will fall apart completely if he busts. One of the most important nights of the year, they you know, for all of the fantasy football junkies, is draft night. Even though halfway through the season, your team looks almost eighty percent different than it did at the start. That's you know, it's funny. I I have obviously a fantasy baseball team. Embarrassing. I can't. Enough. I can't do. I can't do fantasy. It's, baseball. Yeah, I can understand. It's you're talking every day, changing your lineup, pitchers, batters, in and out, defense. It's all just. It's too much. See, I actually like that aspect of 162 it. 162 games can't do it. No, I understand. And see, that's one of the things that you know. My team right now, my fantasy baseball team, headed into the playoffs. Um, half of my players, I picked up during the course of the year. Uh, we mentioned uh, our friend Ahmed, uh, the host of the Puerto Rican Minute, who, by the way, said he would uh, he would get us his contact information. 
but again, because of the Puerto Rican minute, this is a couple of weeks yes, ago. So of weeks ago. So <laughs> it takes a little bit. <laughs> it takes a little bit. But, when uh, he he will be coming. He's on his way. Yeah. So yeah. He's don't, on his don't, way. I'll be there in five minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you guys back in Meanwhile. ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of the things that, like, for instance, you know, being those waiver wire junkies and things. And grabbing that that player what, off the like waiver. three in the morning. <laughs> I have a and, and then and see this is one of those anecdotal things. We had a guy in uh, one of our leagues who um when the league flipped it was at three o'clock in the morning. So uh, they the waiver wire became live mm. at three a.m. This guy used to go to bed and drink like liters of water before he would go to bed over the course of the evening. So he yes, knew the old urine alarm clock. Yeah, the urine alarm <laughs> clock. He would literally wait and then get up at three two thirty in the morning, use the bathroom and sit in front of his computer. As soon as the clock hit three o'clock in the morning, bam, he's picking up every so you got there at six o'clock in the morning thinking you were gonna you grab X so player. Pretty smart. And everything's gone. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's stupid. You said it sounds yeah, smart. It's yeah. totally ridiculous. Yeah, nah, that's that's it. I beat everybody to the punch, six AM. Here we go. What do you mean he's gone? <laughs> when did when did the legitimate the, when did it become legitimate that you hear radio shows every morning and TV shows on every major sports network? You have a guy who probably went to college to be an accountant sitting there talking about the merits of a PPR system points per reception. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, if you got a PPR league, you want to make sure that you got Wes Welker in there, and now uh, yeah, you want to receive us. Yeah. Now, this is so deep into the, in, into the culture now of football. My problem is that it's affected the game itself. Well, I mean, even referees get you know, suspended and reprimanded um, if they, if they uh, found out that they have a fantasy team. I didn't know this. But oh, I can, no, but I can understand. It was, a, it, was, it was a couple of years back, and a ref had made, the co- made a comment uh, to a plan. I can't remember the specifics. But he made a comment about how he affected his fantasy team. Well, that comment got overheard, and that dude got suspended. I, right, they're not, so. Yeah, they're not allowed to have a fantasy football team. And why? Because it's so close. It's in, you know, maybe the same church, people but take a it different seriously. pew. Well, people take it's it seriously. It's gambling. gambling, yeah. It is. Yeah. Uh, um, so, so they're like, well, I mean, if you take your fantasy team serious enough, you know, a, a guy... You know, trying to get into the end zone, you know, maybe you call him stepping out of bounds or uh, even subconsciously you know, making yeah. those at, like, like, no, he didn't make it. No, 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 no. They're going to throw in the, the guy for that, you know, short yardage when <laughs> I got him on my bench. Taking that a step further and the, the change in the complex of, in, in the complexity of the game um, over the course of the last five, six years. That's when you've started to see ever since basically the end of the 2007 season with uh, the 2007 Patriots. Um, you started to see what, that the eighteen and one, yeah, yeah, and you started to see that that change in the way they were calling things on defenses, uh, the defenseless receiver, the hits to the head of the quarterback, all of these things, as standalone items, all seem relatively innocuous and for player protection. But when you start to get fifteen of these rule changes, or the closer attention is being paid to rule X, when you start to get those things, that's when. You've changed the game to score more. Seattle rules. Yep. Third show that we've talked about Seattle yep. rules. Yep. And you guys, if anybody's watched any preseason football games, you've seen exactly what we're talking about yep. here. The preseason football games, the flags are flying. Flags calmed down this week a little bit, but, I mean, it's still all over the place. It is. Yep. And, and the expectation from the league is we're not changing any of this. Yep. The one thing that's going to force the league to change this and to make it a little bit easier going during the course of the season is they are on a pretty tight schedule. And they have to get the 1 o'clock games done by 4 o'clock. They have to get the 4 o'clock games done by 7.15 or whatever it is. So they have an incentive to get these things finished. That being said, uh, Aqib Tlaib's in big trouble this year. Aqib Tlaib's entire game has been built on that clutch, that grab down the field. Seattle, the Legion of Boom, yes, they are the best hitters. They are the highest scoring defense. They can do all of those things. A huge portion of the way that they play their game is that clutch, that grab. Yeah. And now they're not going to be able to do a lot of those things. They'll adapt, though. Oh, I don't doubt they yeah, will. They, they'll adapt. I'm just but not, saying. Not everybody will be able to adapt. No, and I, that's why I, I single out individual players. Aqib Tlaib, uh, Brandon Browner for the Patriots when he comes back yeah, in week five. Be, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how he can adapt his game. 
Now, when we talk about fantasy football and we talk about this variation of, of rules and things like that, one of the things that struck me, and Eric and I have actually talked about this, um, how personally we actually end up taking this. Now, recently I was at a uh, uh, well, I was at a kid birthday party. That's going to be on the list. Oh, today. that's <laughs> awful! So you are at a kid birthday party talking about fantasy football? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so this guy has this league, and is uh, a friend of mine. The league plays all the way through the playoffs, and you know I asked him how he did it. Wait, 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 wait! Their league plays into the playoffs. All right, so if you think about it like this, the common refrain That's in fantasy asinine. football. Well, hold on, it gets worse. The you don't com- even want to see it reach week seventeen because, because players of all get the, benched. All the players get benched. Correct. So you want your Super Bowl week sixteen, week fifteen mm-hmm. at yeah. best. Yeah. And so this guy was explaining the rules of this league and how he keeps his league active all the way through the Super Bowl. And this is what he told me was, at the end of their regular season, six teams make the playoffs. And I said, okay, great. Well, what happens if the fact that I draft Matthew Stafford, I draft Larry Fitzgerald, uh, these guys aren't making it to the playoffs. Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson. You got a monster team. I got a monster fantasy football team, but I have a team that's not going to get anywhere in the playoffs because none of the guys are there. He says, whoa, you redraft every week of the playoffs. Well, so you, wait, wait, hold on, hold mm-hmm. on, hold Go on. Go ahead. So you redraft going into the playoffs. So Correct. now the regular season serves as the regular season for this fantasy team, for this fantasy league. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the real playoffs and that is, ends up being your fantasy team playoffs. And you redraft. So the people that got you where you where you wanted to be in the mm-hmm. playoffs are now yeah. off your team. Off your team entirely. So, but however, so as you just described, the, the great players that don't make it to the playoffs. Correct. So on the flip side of that, mm-hmm. if you got Peyton Manning yep. burning up the world, breaking records. Yep. If I had the forethought to, last to, August yeah. to draft Peyton Manning in this league and I make it to the playoffs. You have to put him back in. Everybody goes back into the player pool. But that's your guy. It's my guy. That's and see, your guy. This is where I noticed I had a it problem. It gets personal, yeah. This is, this is where the problem came from. I'm sitting there talking to the guy. And however you want to run your league is fine. And if everybody agrees yeah, with how you want to run the league. a commissioner for a reason. Sure, exactly. And if this is the way you're running your league, great. You know, have I a great a time. Of it, yeah. I don't care. Now, I said, if I drafted a player and I have to put him back in the player pool, and he beats me in the playoffs. No, that's not something I write about that. And he said, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it happened. Sounds all excited about it, too. And he was Yeah, that's thrilled. great, man. We, we rob you for your best players. And But what? see, the fact <laughs> that I got, I didn't, I, 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 I kind of shrugged my shoulder and said, it's not for me, which it's not. But it's for them, which is fine. Again. But not, is it, though? Or is it just for him and they're going along with it? I, I don't know. But I know he's a good dude and I know he's a smart guy. So I, I, so granted, all of that stuff aside. I got offended by the fact that if I was smart enough to draft X number of players or X players, and then I have to give them back to the player pool and wildcard weekend, I got upset. I, I, got, I got offended by this. And I realized, what the hell is my problem? Why do I care? Who gives a crap? You can't not care. That's the other side of this. <laughs> this is the point. This is the stupidest thing I do. I've done so much stupid shit in my life, but the one stupid thing I do every damn year is I have a friggin' fantasy football team. Multiple fantasy football teams every damn year. We are having a draft on Saturday night. We've changed the draft order so that Ahmed from the Puerto Rican Minute could make sure that he could get there for... We, the we, draft time. The draft the time, order. not the order. The order hasn't been picked. So we changed the draft time to make sure that one of our friends could be there. Mm-hmm. Why? What does it matter? It matters. It does! It, it matters <laughs> huge. Now, That's the thing! So, so this other buddy of yours, though, just yeah. to touch on real quick. Okay. I can almost understand he wants that excitement, that competitiveness... Of his, of his fantasy football league to carry into the playoffs. He sure. doesn't want to see it end. Sure. And, and, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. The, what's to say that you don't operate a normal fantasy league, have a champion at the end of the, of the regular season, as everybody else does, and you know what? You want to run a a, a weekly draft for the playoffs for, sh- for shits and giggles for as another you know extension of it? Go ahead. That's fine. You, you know, gives you some rooting interest for teams that you otherwise wouldn't root for. You know, which which is what fantasy football gives a lot of people interest in in games and people that you really wouldn't give a shit about. 
So go ahead, but to have it all predicated on that is just silly. So I'm just trying to get a rise out of you. That's all for shits and giggles. <laughs> so I I don't have an answer for you. They have 10 or 12 guys that have been doing this for a number of years, and they all seem pretty happy with it. There's 100 different fantasy games that you can... How many times do you see the ad when you know your team blows and you see that ad at the end of the year? Fantasy season's over. We'll play CBS playoffs, fantasy spectacular, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Go do something like that. But I'm not giving you back my no. my Tom Brady, or I'm not giving you back my Eric Decker, or whatever. I'm not giving them back. No, yeah. screw you. You weren't smart enough to draft them in the first place. Screw you. They're mine. Yeah, so why do you get them when it counts the most? Why do I care? And see, this is the thing that I'm bothered because by. Because it's the most important thing in your Honest life. Honest to God, it's important. It's very important. It is. It's not the most important thing in my life. I just Tony Romo'd my own fantasy team. I hope they didn't hear it. I hope you didn't backstrom your lineup. <laughs> That's actually, yes. That you, <laughs> well, it, we call it backstroming your lineup. Yes. Okay, so Eric Backstrom, the, the tremendous co-host and co-producer of the uh, Eric and Ted's Ice Cream Social. That's me. Yeah. Uh, we have a, a running joke that's been going back nearly a decade. Is, yeah. That when you get your lineup, it's all set to go, and it's uh, Sunday morning about 10, 12, 10, 10.15. 12.59. 10.15, <laughs> you get your lineup set. And you have your lineup set, and it looks good, and you got your Reggie Bush in the flex spot, and you got your Larry Fitzgerald and your Calvin Johnson at wide receiver, and things are looking real good. And then you you start to think. And over the Maybe course this of... this guy's due. Yeah. A lot of people are saying, this is a week for him. Ronnie Brown. This is it, Ronnie Brown. He's One a must-start. Start him, sit him. Start him, sit him. Yep. He's a, he's a must-start. One guy. <laughs> all, all Eric has to do is look at one article. Where they mention one name, and he will bench Barry Sanders <laughs> for. It's not your week, kid. Yeah, it's, it's, have a seat, kid. He will bench some of the best players, and you think at ten o'clock when you look at your opponent lineup, you're like, "Damn, Baxter team looks good," and then all of a sudden you get there and it. 1251 he backstrom his lineup he went in he tore his lineup down he put everything back in so about a year after we noticed this happened i said don't backstrom your lineup to him one day and that's it it's done it. it became a running thing you don't backstrom your lineup so with this can you give me as ridiculous as our la- our, our topic has been and as stupid as all of this is loud noises yeah <laughs> that's all this is can you give me four or five of your fantasy keepers uh, or your, if you're fantasy sleepers for this year? Bishop Sankey. Okay. Okay, running back. I talked to him. Yeah, Bishop him Sankey already. came out of uh, Washington, right? Um, yeah, yeah, the Husky. Yeah. Um, I think Noshan's going to be a really good second running back, uh, number two running back on a fantasy team. I think Noshan's going to have a good year for the Dolphins. He was talking loco, <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> Do you think, you think Noshan Moreno over in Miami is going to – yeah, he's uh, what's happening with things. Miami's offensive line? It's just it's a tattered mess. No, nah, it's not tattered. They're just resting. <laughs> <laughs> They're saving the energy for the regular season, my friend. And as bad you watch. Well, as bad <laughs> as the Dolphins' offensive line looks, and how having anybody on the Dolphins' offense is a dubious proposition for your fantasy team. They. <laughs> preseason game, they beat the Cowboys yeah, last they night. They smacked him in the mouth. You like that picture I put up on uh, Facebook? Oh, I did. Totally see. Oh, d- dropped the sniff Oh my god! Like yeah, no. his helmet's off. All you see is his, his mouth. God, <laughs> how bad? It was are, a great game. How bad are our teams? <laughs> how bad are the Cowboys and the well, Dolphins? That's why we got fantasy football, my friend. Oh, so wait a minute. <laughs> Eric offers a new hypothesis. So, that's it too. When you're rooting for a team. That constantly breaks your heart every year. What, what do you have to lay back on? Your fantasy team. Hey, your Dolphins suck this year, but at least I got my fantasy team. <laughs> oh. So you are offering up the hypothesis that just so you have more to enjoy. Yes. Now, do you get caught in that trap? <laughs> I'm going to ask the question. Everybody you know where it's already coming. knows what the question is. Okay. Well, do you get caught in that trap where you have the Dolphins? If they win the game, they go to the playoffs and say they're going up against your team defense. Do you get in that I want that, that to be a 9-6 to six victory. Ah, the not the way the NFL has set itself up. So, Or do you have, so say the Dolphins uh, going against the Patriots, if they win, they go to the playoffs, but you have Tom Brady on your fantasy team. And so you want this game to finish 
42 to 49. That's okay, though, because by the time that that happens, I'll be so far ahead of everybody in the league that I can afford a loss. Okay, so you're just going to, like, you're avoiding this question. (laughs) Really? So do you get caught in the trap of rooting for your players against your favorite team? Happens all the time. Happens all the time. You just got to hope it's a good enough balance where your team still edges out a win, but your players perform properly. Wow. So, but that's got to be enough. We got, we got, we got to shelve the fantasy football. What do you think? You think we got to put that on the shelf a little bit? Next topic is Eric's going to talk about kids playing golf. <laughs> when we get back right after this. I don't know about you, but I'm predicting a lot of exciting, amazing things that happen to the group. Mm, like awards. big, big, like big, like not just big, but big time stuff. Kevin Love really, really wanted to be with LeBron James. We're back here on Eric and Ted's Ice Cream Social. Uh, and, I am Eric. And I'm still Ted. And, and we're going to talk about the second most boring thing on the planet. Uh, the goddamn NBA. NBA. There can't be three things in the world that I loathe as much as the NBA. Why? Do you want me to start from the top? <laughs> no, I, don't need, I didn't even mean to ask that question. That's a knee-jerk reaction by myself. All right. I would never want to ask you why you hate the NBA because we do not have the time on this show to cover Such that. Such a frustrating league to watch. <laughs> All right. So, well, talk to me about this uh, Kevin Love deal because, what was it, a three-team deal? Yeah, three-team deal. Uh, so, this is what everybody gets. We'll just, you know, go with the basics. Okay. So, Cleveland gets Kevin Love, okay, from Minnesota. Minnesota's getting Andrew Wiggins, Anthony Bennett, um, uh, Thaddeus Young, and uh, a trade exemption. Now, Anthony Bennett was the number one overall pick last year, mm-hmm. who did not do anything his rookie season. So pretty much Minnesota's getting two, you know, number one draft picks from the last two years. Okay. In Wiggins and Bennett. And like I said, they're getting uh, Thaddeus Young. Philly's going to get uh, Luke Mabaha Maudi. <laughs> you, can, you can kill me on the butchering of saying that. And uh, um, Alexi Shved. Um, and uh, Miami's 2015 first round pick. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, and, and considering what happened in Miami recently, you're probably, that's probably, you're probably looking pick. at a, a lottery yeah. pick. <laughs> right? Um, no, no. Know. Pat Riley's a winning kind of guy. I mean, you know, Except Bosch, he didn't Bosch do anything with the Knicks. <laughs> right? Did Pat Riley bring the Knicks back to prominence? You know, what did he do with the. <laughs> He's not walking through that door. Larry Bird is not right. Walking yeah, Larry Bird's door. not walking through that door. But I mean, that's the long and short of it. So LeBron gets his man. Your words. Yeah, yeah. He gets his man. What he asked for. What he wanted. And and the ownership obliged. Mm, see now, this is uh, reason number four thousand nine hundred and fifty six. Why I can't stand this league is this collusion crap. Well, that's not collusion because LeBron's already there. Uh, okay, I, I but and it's a trade. It's not gathering so, a bunch of free agents to all go to one location, like he did in his last location. Right, that was collusion of the highest order. Uh, okay, but how does the NBA honestly? Uh, okay, validate that for me. How does the NBA let that go? How does the NBA let the Miami Heat of the last three or four years go? They can't. Oh, they can't control it. They have no control over what free agents do, as long as they're getting paid market value. <laughs> They're they part can't of the stop. union. They can't shut it down. They're part of the union. You can't have, you know, remember the Michael Jordan conversation we had about he would never have dreamed of calling Larry Bird and Magic yeah. Johnson and all this other but stuff. But if he did and Larry was a free agent, there's nothing the NBA would have been able to do to stop it. So you, you're able to talk to your friends as long in as the offseason as long as they're free agents. If they had that conversation while he was under contract, that's collusion. Okay, so that's the definition. That's that's, that's, that's tampering. Okay, we'll that's tampering, tampering, not yes. collusion. Okay, yeah, it's tampering. It's considered tampering. Okay, so LeBron gets his man. Your words. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the article that you read recently. To kind of uh, Eric was uh, reading. Yeah, I was reeling a little bit, and and I kind of chose these words because that's exactly how it's worded in the article. Um, it's an article um, uh, by uh, Tony Manfred. Mm-hmm. Uh, on businessinsider.com. dot mm-hmm. which actually has a remarkably good sports uh, business. They, they do section. Um, so 
These, this was the wording that uh, that they used. The broad James gets his man in man in the end. He had to give up a ton of young talent, and he killed his cap flexibility going forward in the process. But he got his man. Now, as much as I would, okay, say LeBron got his man, but this whole he had to give up a ton of young talent. He um, is not going to have the cap flexity. Uh, he doesn't own the team. He doesn't manage the team. So that type of wording in there really. No, I, I think that wording is telling. I think that word. I, I think the way that the guy worded the article was purposefully directed at LeBron James being the guy who runs the show in Cleveland. You're right. He does he sign the checks? No, no. but he puts the asses in their seats, just like every superstar for every team. LeBron's different, and ah, I oh, come on. Oh, please, come on. You're you, going to you, tell me that they LeBron never referred to it as Kobe giving away young talent. Kobe's not LeBron James. What? Uh, Okay, how, how, many, how many how many championships has LeBron won? Keep going with that. I Keep put going Kobe. With that. I put Kobe above LeBron. Uh, so does the normal everyday run of the mill so, individual. So do you run? You are you the programming director at ESPN? No. Okay. How many how many times has Cleveland Cavalier had a the Cleveland how, the city of Cleveland? How many times have they had a championship parade along the lake, past the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the closed factories, and the fat people? How many the times? Fat people. Now we're gonna now we're gonna attack the obese. I hate that entire city. The entire place needs to just <laughs> sink into the lake. How that many times have they had a championship? Um, in the last 50 years, 40 years, 40, 40 years, years. Is zero. It's zero. Zero. How many hours of ESPN programming during the basketball season is dedicated directly to LeBron James and the shit that he, crap that he does on the court, off the court, the things he does in the offseason? 43 minutes. Okay, so for every 60 minutes of programming. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I meant 43 total. Okay. You get my point. Okay? LeBron James is a much bigger celebrity athlete than Kobe Bryant ever was and ever will be. Ah, come on. You can't say much bigger. Much bigger. You can't say that. You know what? Kobe, Kobe, Kobe screwed that in the ass when he, <laughs> when he screwed that in the ass. Kobe well, Bryant. In Denver, Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was the, the, my favorite, you know, the, my favorite family guy moment of all time. It's like sex with Kobe Bryant. You can kick and scream as much as you want, but it's, it's going to happen. happen. It's going to happen. So Kobe Bryant goes and shoots himself in the foot, so you can't have Kobe Bryant being that superstar. You have to bridge the gap between Michael Jordan and... and the world forgave Kobe. The, okay, the world forgave Kobe, and, and advertisers forgave Kobe, and the Lakers forgave Kobe. Even his wife forgave Kobe, but you know who didn't? Well, the size of that pink diamond ring. There, I mean. yeah, there you go. <laughs> ESPN never put Kobe back in that light again. They had all of the comparisons when he was coming out of high school then they got the chosen one then they got lebron james and lebron james is able to swing his junk around like it's the biggest thing in the room oh, i'm uncomfortable uh, you should <laughs> as am i watching oh, the I'm nba watch your eye all right yeah well, <laughs> <laughs> but lebron is making these decisions lebron's nah, making the decisions in LeBron makes the decisions in in Miami. LeBron's making the decisions. Oh, he'll try to tell that to Pat Riley. LeBron making decisions in Miami. You think he'll th- tell you to blow it out your ass? Okay. So the ownership, hypothetically, has Pat Riley right standing right here and LeBron James standing right next to him. Who do you think has more cachet? Pat Riley. Wrong. You you are okay, woefully so, mistaken, sir. Okay. So you think that an owner is going to let his prized possession, LeBron James, mm-hmm. walk yep. before 80s superstar Pat Riley, yep. not happening. It, it already happened. Uh, and guess where he is now? Exactly. He's in Cleveland. Right, because... And he's mortgaging Cleveland's future right, because, because his contract is two years. Refused, refused to. Pat Riley refused to what? Play mortgage, ball? Mortgage, no, mortgage his future. Great. And then he just pulls up his tent stakes and go where somebody will. And so now he, he goes says, to Cleveland. Later, but guess who's still there? Guess who's still in Miami? Pat Riley. So he's the last guy standing over there, isn't he? Uh, yeah, do you want to be standing in that rubble? Do you want to He'll rebuild it? Uh, okay, you this is August 24th at 1:30. You can't even keep a straight face saying that. Pat Riley's Does not Let me your Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is not walking through that door. Magic Johnson's not walking through that door. Shaq could. Yeah. And Shaq you'd have to butter him to fit him through a door at this point. Shazam. Shazam. Listen. Pat Riley stayed. And in his closing press conference was right before LeBron jettisoned to come 
home to Cleveland. Yeah, that was I'm really. Home. Oh my, dude! Seriously, <laughs> you want a fist world, fight? I'm coming home. <laughs> Tell the world. <laughs> it's so bad. Well, we're Assassin's Creed fans out there. Yeah, right. So LeBron James comes home to Cleveland and promptly gets there. Tells the ownership. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> tells the ownership. Mortgage the future. Get but rid it's of not, not mortgage in the future. They had they had an abundance of young talent. They had no room for Wiggins unless they get rid of Irving. It actually worked perfectly for Cleveland, except three years down the line. No, no, they had no use for Wiggins. Okay, and this Anthony Bennett. Yep. Yeah, watch, watch him fall on his face. Is he going to be Watch part him of fall on his face in Minnesota? Where, Dude's going to die in Minnesota. We're actually foreshadowing segment number three. Yeah. We'll do that, but yeah, you know, so he's he's going to be a huge Busteroo. So okay, we'll call him a Buster. We'll put That's him fine. On the leaf list. So we have LeBron James picks his guy. I want Kevin Love to come in, but he had to want to come as well. So like you said, sex with Kobe Bryant. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> and so he gets to come and play with LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. Yep. And do you see this being similar to the way that the Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard, Steve Nash, oh, Lakers. God, no, God. Everybody knew that was a mistake from the get-go. Yeah. Well, uh, I did. Sports Illustrated had... The headline on Sports Illustrated, this is the funniest thing. They uh, they had recently had their like 60th anniversary issue come out. And well, they were, that talking they were about, fighting the, which covers are the best covers. And, oh yeah, there was yeah, there was well like there was a, there was a huge section type deal. Yeah, there was a huge section. Miracle of, on Ice one, right? Uh, I think it might. I think have, it was yeah. a Miracle on Ice cover. They had a mistake section, and remember the the cover of Sports Illustrated the year that Dwight Howard and Nash and and Kobe were together. The headline was "This is gonna be fun." That's what it said right on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Interestingly enough, they were exactly right. When yeah, that's fun for everybody, else everybody but Laker fans. You know, Dwight Howard cry game in and game out, and watch <laughs> watch the the people, the fine people of L.A. turn on him oh. so quick. Oh. Dude, but but anybody with half a brain saw that coming. The Dwight Howard is not made for the spotlight. He he puts on that act on Superman, the real Superman, you know, not Shaq, that whole stupid little feud. Who's really Superman? I'm sorry, it was Shaq. If anybody, you know, keeps that moniker, Kal El is the yeah, real or Kal-El, Super- yes. Superman. <laughs> but I mean, his personality is not made to be the main focus and to be the superstar in a, in a huge market, a winning market that expects winners. He's not built that way. So him going to LA, like that's not going to work. And him and Kobe are gonna beef, and yeah, guess what? They did, and I mean, it was and Steve Nash. I mean, come on, is he what is he fifty two? Who's still probably one? Yeah, of the he's best. got great skills, but I mean, it, it, in basketball, you cannot just put three great basketball players together and expect it to work. People saw what happened with the Celtics. That was hard work. That was hard work and a lot of sacrifice for those three all-stars to put their egos behind them to go to a much more team-oriented basketball. That's a rarity what happened in Boston in 2008 with those three mm-hmm. coming together. Okay. And look how long it took. You know, it went three years? Yeah. Three years to, for uh, LeBron to win it with Wade and Bosh. And it wasn't so much Wade and Bosh. It was LeBron and his arc of improvement he continued to get better and get better to where the point when 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 the third year came around he won his first championship and he still needed ray allen to hit them like a miracle yeah, jumper from the yeah, corner jesus christ ray. so but see this come is on, my jesus come on jesus shuttles where why did you have to do us <laughs> like that that was awful but and, but still he did it and, and you got to give him credit for it but it was more on his back and his talent of improving that got him to that point it wasn't the meshing part it was, you know, LeBron got better, and he will continue to get better, I see, for at least the next two or three years. He will get better, and then we'll He's, see him He turns apex. 30 this season. Yeah, I say about 32, he hits his apex, and then starts to let either level off or come back down. Yeah, and I'm, I think I'm, there's still a few more things that we haven't seen from LeBron. And I think I'm pretty much of the mind when it comes to LeBron that even um, at the level of skill and proficiency that he has, even if he's sort of at his peak, different aspects of his game can kind of come up to match that. I've seen, you know, 
all of a sudden he became a shooter when he needed to be yep. a shooter. Yeah, his defense was, got better. Yeah, his defense yep. got better when he needed to he have better decision-making, his passing. Yeah, everything. This is why, yeah. well, and now back to uh, uh, an original part of this conversation, this is why he's better than Kobe. Now, yes, Kobe has championships yep. with Shaq, and Kobe has championships with, you know, uh, Phil Derek Jackson Fisher. and Derek Fisher. All of the, you know, Paul Gasol. Um, I don't know if he has a championship with him, but I yeah, just like does. saying no, that name. Pow, pow, pow. Powell, because Powell. Powell. No, Powell, there's no L there. Powell. No, well, oh, I'm sorry, Powell. Powell. Because, uh, and actually, that's <laughs> that's Powell. Scandinavian for my bottom lip jets right into my neck. This dude there is, is no chin. There is no chin. And what chin he has is glass. You know, whatever chin he had, he gave to, to Bruce Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> so, a little I, boomstick. So, when we talk about this trade, okay, so a lot of players went to a lot of places, but the bottom line, the cornerstone of the trade was Kevin Love is now playing with LeBron. James, right, and, and, Kyrie and the Irving. other the other big piece of that was the was the uh, uh, Wiggins. It was Wiggins leaving. Wiggins, yep. All right, but you saw that from the get go when they drafted Wiggins, it was like a foregone conclusion. One of those guys was going to be leaving the was going to leave that organization. Okay, it was either they were going to transition into having Wiggins was going to be their guy going forward, or it was yeah, this is going to be a part of a bigger play because you, it's a waste to have both of them guys on your team, Kyrie Irving and Wiggins. We don't know what Wiggins is going to be, but we know what Kyrie Irving is going to be. So does Cleveland win a championship this year with Kevin Love and LeBron James? Um, Again, back to the whole you can't just put good players together and expect them to instantly create magic. Mm -hmm. Do they have the talent to do it? Yes. Absolutely. Does anybody else have the talent to win the NBA championship this year compared to them? Well, I mean, you got the defending champs. Always. San Antonio. Um, no matter how old they get, they, they Popovich. Keep. I mean, exactly. You got one of the best coaches in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the best big men in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, Pac is still doing his thing. Ginobili's still doing his thing. I mean, mm-hmm. they're a good team, and they play great team basketball. And that does win multiple championships. But, I mean, th- that's, like I put on the post, and this is going to be interesting. Well, Watching this team and how they come together is going to be interesting. Well, the NBA also added um, a little gold tag on the back of jerseys. Yes, that show your championship. You, yeah, if you've won. Yeah, if you've won. A, if if your franchise has won a championship, you got a you got a gold tag. And LeBron James is going to start the season without a gold tag on the back of his gear. And we'll be back in a few minutes with our final segment, something that Eric likes to call the Leaf List. I can't wait. As you know, back in 1970, I started on a series called What Happened? And every time something would go wrong, I would look at the camera and say, Hey, what happened? (laughs) We had a lot of fun with that and a lot of other catchphrases. I got a real red wagon. And uh, I can't do my work. And I believe I was the first one to use the phrase, I don't think so. But it only lasted a year, and that's good because that's how you establish a cult. In constant sorrow. This list will be. <laughs> oh, there's a reason I went in with that, and it only lasted a year. Constant sorrow. These men are the men of constant sorrow. Eric, welcome back to Eric and Ted's Ice Cream Social. I'm Eric. And I'm Ted. And, and we're here with what I'd like to call. The Leaf List. Tell us about the Leaf List, Eric. Well, as uh, any knowledgeable sports fan might uh, infer, we're, we, we are talking about Ryan Leaf, oh. uh, one of the biggest busts. Why don't you leave me alone? <laughs> in NFL history. So we have now created the Leaf List, which is the, when our eyes, top 10 NFL draft busts you know, of all time. And, and this list can be added to, it can be taken away from. Yeah. If you have anybody that needs to be on this list, make sure you hit us up at uh, Twitter at Eric and Ted ICS. Hit us up on our website also, ericandted.com. And don't forget to leave us some comments on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Eric and Ted. So, I mean, we might as well, obviously, first on the list, you know, just to establish the list, Ryan Leaf. <laughs> Um, you know, still interesting stories coming about that. You know, <laughs> you know, he won his mode. first start. Good for him. Yeah, it was like thirteen ten. I think it was. It was it's so he enjoyed those... the apex of, of of professional sports emotions. Yeah, the top of his career was <laughs> now. And it's funny because there's a there's another name on this list that we're going to get to in a second. But uh, do you ever, you remember those drafts? Like when this draft came out, it was it was Ryan Leaf or Peyton Manning? Yes. And so I think as long as Peyton Manning is in the league, there's. <laughs> Like Ryan Leaf kind of stays in our collective football consciousness. Yes. 
Um, do you think that when Peyton Manning retires and hangs him up and he's in the NFL Hall of Fame and Ryan Leaf is finishing his third uh, stint in rehab from uh, stealing painkillers, do you think that we ever <laughs> let this guy off the hook for sucking so bad? Never. Okay. Never. We forgave Buckner. <laughs> over here in Boston. Yeah, it's true. But I don't think the NFL will forgive Leaf. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go with number two on the list. And uh, I think that in my in my estimation, I think that the, one of the most important things, the, or the most important thing on an entire football team, is uh, the offensive line. Yes. Not not very glamorous, but no, but <laughs> very necessary. Can't, can't, do one, can't do anything without it. So I'm going with the biggest offensive line bust in history, the incredible bulk Tony Mandridge. Tony Mandridge. Yes, I can. I can see the the Sports Illustrated cover now. Him standing there in his white tight shorts and no shirt. Yeah. The incredible bulk it said. Why don't you tell us what happened to Mr. Mandridge? Well, coming out of uh, coming out of college and going into the uh, professionals, mm-hmm. being a first overall draft pick, mm-hmm. he decided that was a good time to stop using steroids. So he wouldn't get caught. <laughs> that was a, that, that proved to be very fatal for his career, as he then got pushed, shoved around, and beaten by any hack defensive lineman that came his way. Well, um, I remember them saying that, uh, like during one of his training camps, like he plays too high up. That's one of the problems. Mm, you know, yeah, over, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah sure. Too that's, high on steroids <laughs> in, co- in college. No, then he turned to painkiller addiction. Yes. Now you never, you know, never slate a guy for that. No, but, no, it's a serious. Thing. But if you want to know the the, if Extent, you think yeah. that you've hit rock bottom, yeah. um, there's this little anecdote about Mandridge where he was, uh, uh, he was his brother, I think, was being treated for cancer. And he went with his parents to go and visit his brother. And I hate that I'm laughing about this. Sad. But uh, his brother, who was, again, being treated for cancer, had a morphine drip. And, and Mandridge remembers thinking at the time, this is a story I heard a few years yeah. ago, um, that he would have traded places with his cancer-riddled brother so that he could get a morphine drip. Yeah. That, yeah. that How you, far lower you get when you'd actually rather have cancer? Then continue your NFL career yeah. and, and so try can, to be somewhat so productive. Get one fix. Oh, my God. I'll take cancer for one fix, please. Yeah. <laughs> Jim J. So, Bullock for the win. <laughs> Jim J. Bullock. I'll take Bruce Valanche. So, uh, all right. So I got Tony Mandrich on my list. Who, who's who, yeah. number three on well, the, let's, on the uh, Again, this list. is usually uh, in, in no particular order, as always. Yeah. Uh, let's go with the Boz. Oh, my God. Let's go. God. How about that guy? Brian Bosworth? Yeah. Uh, okay. There's so much to talk about with this guy. Uh, Courtesy of Seattle. All right. I'm going to say the moment his career became a bust. Who, 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 who had to do with that? Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. I'm at the goal line, just totally ran him over. And, um, that- and this was after all the junk that Boz was talking before, uh, before the, uh, the Raiders came in uh, yeah. to play that game. And it was, uh, was it a Monday night Monday night. It was football a Monday game. night game, yeah. yeah. And whole world watching when Bosworth met Bo Jackson at the goal line. Oof. Um, yeah. it was ugly, and that <laughs> basically, I think that that thing that ended his career. That ended his career. Yep. He was never the same since. And and of course the the advent of jerseys that aren't breakaway, where the jersey <laughs> could get torn off of him during the game. But like, what an ass! Yeah, like, yeah. So he, the Boz makes our list. Yeah, the Boz is definitely. Who on do you the got list. next, Blake? All right, I'm gonna go with Robo QB. Okay. Ah, now okay. there was a there was a guy who played for uh, he was a he was a captain for USC. His name was Marv Marinovich, and he played for the Raiders for a little while. And he had a son. His his son Todd. Todd's mother was a world class swimmer. Marv Marinovich had this bright idea that he's yeah. going to create the greatest quarterback of all time, all the way up until he got to college and discovered. Big Macs, cocaine, and women. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> well, <laughs> since this time, by the way, Todd Marinovich is actually a, a, a pretty incredible guy. I mean, this guy used to cut his teeth on frozen liver. That's not a That's joke. That's not a joke. His father, instead of being able to give, like, the, the, you know, uh, you give a kid, like, little biscuits or whatever when they're teething, teething ring, like, yeah. his father used to put hunks of raw liver in the freezer. And that's what the kid would teeth on. Like, so this kid's Protein. life. Yeah, this kid's <laughs> life was six hours of football a day, every day, 365 days a year. Christmas morning, you probably got a football and a helmet. Let's go outside and play football. He started lifting at an early age. He was this perfect quarterback. He was the consensus All-American high school player coming out. He went to USC. Got to USC, got his coach fired. 
discovers cocaine, starts getting chubby, starts to be a dick. All of a sudden, he finally ends up in the NFL on the Oakland Raiders or the Los Angeles Raiders that they were at mm-hmm. the time. And it got worse from there. So, Mr. Marinovich, you've turned into a great guy and and good for you. A real <laughs> legitimate role model. Like this guy's actually a real class guy. Yeah, now. no, no, he is. But as far as your career goes, I think you'd put your own self on the leaf list. Yeah, and uh, just as a side note to um, uh, uh, to Mandarich. Yeah, to um, he was actually uh, the second overall pick. Uh, yeah, second to Aigman, but also ahead of Derek Thomas, Deion Sanders, and Barry Sanders. Mm. Just so, to, so, just to be so the Packers could have had Barry Sanders. Yes, they could have had Deion. Deion Sanders. Well, yeah, uh, remarkable. Mm-hmm. And the Cowboys actually at the time caught a lot of crap for drafting for drafting uh, yeah, Troy, Troy Aikman, Aikman. three time Super Bowl champion and, and Hall of Fame quarterback Troy Aikman, an analyst, an analyst. Yes, thank you. It's the only guy I can stomach on Fox. He is good, and uh, actually, I like Joe Buck. Shame on me. Yeah, it is shame on you. All right, so I took Marinovich. Who's on your list? I'm going to go with uh, Miami Hurricane. Oh, hit it. Gino Toretta. <laughs> All right, this freaking Jamoke. Two-time <laughs> national champion and a Heisman winner. Mm-hmm. But but the thing is, it seems like he was a bust before he even got started, so Tell I put me. a little asterisk there. Now, again, I just mentioned he's a two-time national champion. Yep. Okay, Heisman winner. He didn't go to the, till the seventh round. How does a guy round. who's won the Heisman... They obviously didn't have much faith in his makeup. 28-year-old Chris Wenke uh, actually went Chris higher Wenke. in the draft wow. than yeah. him. Wow. Well, Wenke didn't have any career either. Still, but. but you haven't heard that name in a while. No. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, uh, he was doing before he even started, but he didn't do jack squat. See, one of those things that uh, he played at Miami, won the national championships there, but have you have you noticed? Consensus All-American. He, you know, Davey O'Brien won. I mean, this dude has college accolades are, are almost second to none. I mean, he sure. really got great, great um, response from his college career, but yet seventh-round pick. Now, interesting. Can you, that you call a seventh-round pick a bust? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know what? It, it, it actually more depends on where he, you know, what was what were they thinking about him when he was in college? Yep. See, one of the things that you, you see a, very little of, you see very little success from quarterbacks from Alabama, from Texas, from Miami, uh, even Florida State. When you're on that superior level mm-hmm. of college football, you may be playing to your ability. And the other thing that's just as important, Gino Toretta was thrown to some pretty spectacular wide receivers. At the same time, there were some pretty spectacular defenses in Miami. So Gino Toretta becomes kind of the beneficiary of Miami's clout yep. and their cachet. They're able to bring in all these superstar athletes. He's almost playing on an NFL team already. There's no, there's nowhere to go for him. That's one of the reasons why Alabama running backs, uh, Nick Saban's Alabama they running backs, nothing. they don't do anything in the pros because no. Nick Saban's probably getting all that he can out of them. Where you get great quarterbacks from, you get. Remember, Michigan was down yep. when Tom Brady was their quarterback. Yeah, they had a couple of bowl games, whatever, but. UCLA was not a great program when Troy Aikman transferred from Oklahoma because mm-hmm. he didn't want to play in the option. He goes to UCLA and he ends up on he ends up on the Bruins and he's a Hall of Famer. Ben Roethlisberger went to Miami of Ohio of Ohio. Yeah, so you get a lot better quarterbacks, yep. I think, that are on mid level schools who bring the talent around yeah, them ex- up. exactly and bring that n- the the school notoriety is because of the quarterback and the play of its quarterback exactly that's well you know RG three yep. Baylor Baylor yeah yeah and then when you the counterpart I guess the the similar athlete to that is Vince Young Texas out yep. of the league so that's a good one I like that Gino Toretta pick yeah go all ahead. right I'm gonna go with probably one of the biggest busts in humankind. Uh, in football, in the NFL, Lawrence Phillips. <laughs> Lawrence Phillips. This guy might as well have douchebag yeah. tattooed yeah, across ra- his A rap sheet longer than his resume. When you look up <laughs> Lawrence Phillips online and the first picture you see of him is, is a mugshot. Is a mugshot. Yeah. You got a problem. Yep. This kid was a world beater coming out of Nebraska. Yep. The, he was unbelievable. And it's one of those guys that had an attitude problem and had off-the-field issues. That, you know, I think it's guys like Lawrence Phillips that cause problems for the -the off-the-field issues guys nowadays. You know, we look at Ryan Mallett. He had the -the off-the-field issues. He's, you know, that guy's... Compared to off-the-field issues from the 90s and early 2000s, that's nothing. 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 And Lawrence Phillips... Like, off-the-field issues back then meant you robbed a bank. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I, or is, in a gang. Is Lawrence Phillips currently incarcerated? <laughs> he very well could it's be. It's entirely <laughs> possible. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Why don't like, we take a look? You keep talking. Look, Lawrence I'm Phillips. Take a look. And 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 by the way, if if like the you know you ignore history, you're doomed to repeat it. Uh, Maurice Claret. Um, put Dude, on the look same. Look at this picture. He looks like he's about to shoot me through my computer. He might. I'm. Th- I'm he might. I'm frightened. La- uh, Maurice Claret did roughly the exact same thing that Lawrence Phillips did, except he tried to do it at 18 rather than 20. Yeah. Maurice Claret was just as big a disaster, yeah. but he just he would have made this list well, he had he made it to two, a draft. He sit out for two years, no football, no practice, no nothing. And what he could, didn't even keep what up. What did you do? Yeah, and he like, came in 20 pounds overweight. And twenty, he could, he could easily and, be on this list. And and when you are five ten, twenty pounds, twenty pounds overweight is a big, big, big amount. Yep, absolutely. So is he currently incarcerated, Lawrence Phillips? I don't know. After football, he was arrested for assaulting three teenagers. <laughs> you know what? Hey, and wait, hold on. I think I can sum up the entire Lawrence Phillips conversation with domestic this. abuse issues that they, he was wanted for uh, theft. There was the, the felony the, assault in two thousand six. Yeah, there was the, <laughs> there was the selling of his, his ring and his, his attempt to steal it back. Yeah, he went to the California Department of Corrections in two thousand eight, and he was incarcerated. Blah 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 blah. Eighty five percent of his sentence. He will be fifty seven years old when he gets out of jail. So the answer to your question: Yes, this man is incarcerated. So basically, he's for doing a life. long time. He's yeah. he's basically well, doing getting out of fifty seven ain't too bad. Yeah, not too shabby, Lawrence Phillips. Yeah, not bad at all. <laughs> and I I almost hope he gets a chance to listen. <laughs> You know, if he's if he extra earns extra computer time, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, tap into his canteen. Oh my god, there's anything left from his signing bonus? <laughs> so all right, we have no, four more cantina. <laughs> <laughs> we have four more guys on our list, Eric, and I want you to hit one. All right, let's go with a Seattle sensation, Rick Meyer. Oh man, what about him? Well, the, my the thing that always you know how we I think I can answer my Ryan Leaf uh, Peyton Manning question with Rick Meyer. If you recall, it was Rick Meyer at Notre Dame. I think it was Notre Dame, right? Yeah, I'm almost positive. Number yeah, three you know, at Notre yeah, Dame. It was, yep. And at the same time that Rick Meyer was about to be the first round draft pick, Drew Bledsoe was the other quarterback coming out of Washington. Now, Drew Bledsoe Cougars. and Rick Meyer. Yeah, yeah well, not Washington State yeah, Huskies. Yeah, he was yeah, the Washington the Cougars, Cougars, yeah. Uh, and he's from Walla Walla. What do you do in Walla Walla? Not a lot, a lot. Um, <laughs> So Rick Myra and Drew Bledsoe were the Manning and Leaf of of nineteen what eighty nine, maybe it yep. was. Yeah. So that eighty nine draft, you had Rick Myra, um, and thankfully for the sake of the Patriots and for Drew Bledsoe, Bill Parcells said not a chance. Yeah. And drafted Drew Bledsoe instead. Yeah, yeah. No, he went to went to the Seahawks second overall. Um, you know, second in the offensive uh, rookie of the year voting. So I mean he he wasn't too bad no. you know in his first year or two, um, and uh, you know had some rookie records that were eventually uh, broken by uh, Peyton Manning. Yeah. Um, but you know during his 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 next three seasons in Seattle, a very very steady decline. You know twenty nine TDs to thirty nine interceptions oh. in that span. Oh my god. Um, you know so. Eh. <laughs> he he, um, you know for, for what was going to carry the future of the Seattle Seahawks, he was a huge disappointment. Massive disappointment. Yes, but I had his rookie card. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that baseball player? That was the yeah. Popovich. No, I mean, uh, 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 Van Poppels. Van yeah, Poopels? Van Van Poppel. <laughs> Todd Van Poppel is not that. Um, now speaking of football cards, uh, I'm speaking of not the collectible ones, but the ones that you put money down on. I'm going to jump in with uh, just about the biggest bust at quarterback that I could possibly imagine. Okay. I'm going to read from ESPN.com from May 4th, 2012. The painful saga of ex-Ohio State Buckeye and Indianapolis quarterback Arch Schleister came to a close on Friday when a federal judge sentenced, sentenced him to 11 years in prison for scamming participants in what authorities called a multi-million dollar sports ticket theme. At least he had other ambitions. Other than gambling. No, other than playing. It goes on to say, (laughs) Schleister, 52 now, has been down this road before spending time in prison in Indiana related to his gambling addiction, which he claims to have overcome. But he continued to struggle by his own admission, and he stumbled, including testing positive for cocaine use while on house arrest following his guilty plea in this ticket case. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. So 
um, Art Schleister was coming out of college. He was just about as close to a chosen one yep, type of quarterback. Yeah, he was considered a lot. He was a lot. And it came to light later on that in college he had probably been shaving points. Yes. For, yeah. Uh, against yeah, the that came out after he was drafted. He gets to the NFL. It's probable he continued to do so as a backup quarterback. You don't just quit that. No. You don't just quit that. No. And, and e- even if you wanted to, the people that you're involved with won't correct. let you. Which is why gambling is such a hot topic issue for any professional sports. It's not so much the person making the bets. It's the person taking them and the control that they can have over you. It, all of the things that, that orbit that around is, that. Exactly. You're, it brings in a very seedy element. <laughs> Very <laughs> and not the least of which is the fact that it's one of the rare names in NFL history with four consonants in a row. S C H L. Schleister. Schleister, just Schleister. Yeah, so Art Schleister, you have made our list of. Okay. Our, our leaf list. <laughs> our, our leaf list. Of one of the worst draft picks of all time. Two more to go. All right. Go ahead. I'm going to go. <laughs> go ahead. Say <laughs> we got to. Got to pick on the Oakland Raiders a little bit more. (laughs) Like they haven't made themselves a target. We're getting a pattern here, aren't we? Right. Jamarcus Russell. Jawalrus? Yeah, Jawar, all 300 pounds of him. Oh, my God. (laughs) Dude, yeah. How many wins did that? Dude, for, for, uh, what was it? Um, For 39 million. This is what what the Raiders paid for this guy. Wow. So this is what 39 million got you as as the owner of the Raiders. It got you 18 TDs. Eighteen touchdowns. That's like half. It's <laughs> like half of the average two good million quarterback. A qu- right? He gets two million dollars yeah. per touchdown. Good for him. Nice job. <laughs> the fleecing of America. <laughs> so eighteen TDs, seven wins, and all three hundred pounds of the quote unquote passer. Three hundred oh. pound passer. Oh my God! Does that exist? No. Well, apparently it doesn't because they tried to make it exist. Awful. By the way, a little known fact: he was also addicted. To purple drank. Purple, purple yeah. drank. Yeah, he was addicted to Is that kind of like scissor? Yeah, like he. The, the uh, day isn't that the. Uh, that's, that's grape drink with like cough syrup in it. Yeah, yeah so he was, he was actually downing like Robitussin. $39 million. And by the way, he's broke. Oh, yep. go figure. Go figure. $40 million. Yeah. Like seven years ago, and yeah. he's broke. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. We're not going back ten, twenty years with this guy. <laughs> all right. Now I got my kind of sympathy vote for my last guy, for the last guy on our list here. All right. Now he was a, a world beater at Penn State. Guy was just unbelievable. He gets drafted by the, I think it was the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Yes, yes, first yes it was. And he blows out his knee in a preseason game. In eight seasons. In he eight, totaled totaled eleven hundred yards totaled in eight seasons. eight seasons, and this guy was gonna change change the uh, the definition of the word running back with his speed and his ability to to, to cut. Kajana Carter, <laughs> you suck. You suck. Now we could, and everybody that bought your jersey sucks. Now think about it. We it. could have gone with Akili Smith here. Yeah. We could have gone with Eric Crouch. We yeah. could have gone. We could have gone a hundred yeah. different ways on Matt this thing. Leinard even. We could. Yep. Heath Schuler. Heath Schuler. We yes, could have gone indeed. down a lot of different roads, yeah. but it takes a special kind of suck. Yeah. To play in the league for eight years mm-hmm. and get 1,100 yards. Basically, you know. Uh, no, Sean, splitting time last year got more than that. <laughs> <laughs> and he split time with Ball and some other guy. <laughs> and one of the reasons why I want to make sure he's on the list and uh, in a different way than those other guys, uh, I had a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, who went to Penn State at the same time that, that he was there. And he was a bouncer. Kajana Carter no, was a bouncer. No, my friend was. And said that <laughs> Kajana Carter was was a dick. And so if he had actually said to me, oh no, Kajana Carter was a real good guy. He was always in control he of himself. Probably off the list, saving that, embarrassment. Exactly. He's probably listening right now. <laughs> really He's probably, hoping to stay off yeah, the list. Yeah, him and like our yeah, cousin. We found you, Kajana. Yeah, we found you, Kajana <laughs> Carter, because you're listening to this at the library, I'm sure. Yeah. So that On right microfilm. there. Yeah, you know, that right there wraps up our first leaf list. <laughs> that wasn't a sound effect. Uh, is that duck? So everybody have a, everybody have a great <laughs> Someone's gonna catch that duck, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs>
<laughs> just slaps you in the face, doesn't it? <laughs> I can't take it. All right, guys. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This is Eric and Ted's Ice Cream Social. I'm Eric. I'm Ted. Is up at uh, Twitter <laughs> at Eric and Ted ICS. <laughs> EricandTed.com and uh, Eric and Ted's Ice Cream Social on Facebook and iTunes. I wasn't going to do this, but I'm playing this one for myself on the way out. In constant sorrow all through his days, I am a man of constant sorrow. I've seen trouble all my Where I was born and raised The place where he was born and raised For six long years I've been in trouble No pleasure here on earth I found You never